Welcome to episode 104 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I, uh, I feel like I got kicked by a horse this week. Yeah. You know, the, well, the normal. That's, you live out in Amish like, country, so it could happen. It actually, it, it could happen. Yeah. This is a, a real possibility. It's really something that could happen. On I the mean, way to... The, don't you ride a horse to work? No, I don't, but I no. do dodge the horses on the way to work. That is a real thing for people wondering. Like you, you drive down these roads where I'm at, and every morning there's buggies everywhere. Yep, it's phenomenal. And we also live in like super hilly terrain, but it's not like big big mountains or anything. So it's just enough that you can't see over the next hill, and there's a buggy. Yeah. So like if you're ever in Pennsylvania in my area, southeastern PA, just assume there's a horse on the other side of every blind hill yep. and you'll be all right. <laughs> and so will the horse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry to everybody that we didn't get a podcast out last week. We just got busy and before we knew it, the week was over. So, but we're back this week and basically I have like, two weeks worth of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And I'm looking through my notes from <clears throat> our meetings and stuff that we had, cause we had a lot over the last week and just trying to make sense of the last two weeks is crazy. So you know, I've, I've one specific day that I want to talk about. Do it. Let's talk from, about it from, from last week. Um, it was quite the day. So I get a, we're doing, uh, some wood EDC trays, which are actually launched now, and uh, and I had three three of them made because we're we're offering th- uh, three different options on on the types of woods and everything, and we are we're, we're going to laser the Neomag logo <clears throat> in the Neomag recess, like we do with all of our metal EDC trays. We've You've seen our trays. We have a uh, our, our our logo is lasered in them. So we've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trays, all of them lasered the same way. And so I asked Dusty because Dusty has my old CO two laser at his house. I'm like, hey, can you just laser Neomeg logo on these three so we can so we can get some pictures and get these things going? He says, yeah, no problem. <clears throat> so. I get a text from him. I think it was last Wednesday. I get a text from him in the morning. It's like, hey, yeah, I had a couple issues, but got it figured out and got him lasered. And he sends me a picture. <clears throat> and the Neomag logo is lasered in the complete, completely wrong spot inside the recesses. Now, I want to say these wood trays are like handmade, glue, glued together. Like they take probably a week to to make these things and they aren't cheap to to have made either <clears throat> so he's essentially ruined three trays that we need like now so i get very mad and i'm trying to figure out like how does this happen we've made hundreds of trays how do you laser in the wrong spot how do, I, I just i can't wrap my head around how that happens um but i just I don't really get like I, I I never really say anything to Dusty. I'm just like, all right, no, you know, we, now we got to figure out what to do to to fix this. Um, 
So I call the guy that's making them for us, <clears throat> explain to him what's going on. He says that he thinks he can fix them. So I tell Dusty, just take them back over there, drop them off, and he's going to fix them. So at the same time, I'm getting ready to go to the range. It was a beautiful week. Like last week's weather was cold and rainy. Wednesday was warm and sunny. The rest of the week was cold and rainy. So we'd, we'd one day, we'd lightning in a bottle here. And so I had my Jeep loaded up and I'm like, all right, Dusty, let's just, we'll move on from that. That'll get taken care of. Let's go to the range. So I'm all packed up to go to the range. I, I get there, start unloading, set up my camera on the tripod, go to turn the camera on and it says no memory card. Like, oh no. And I go check my other camera body. No memory cards. I forgot to bring memory good, cards. Good. For two cameras. You know, a total of four uh, card slots, all empty. And uh, so I'm like, well, I guess we're not going to get the content that we really came here for, which was to get <clears throat> uh, scout content. Start getting some B-roll together for the videos. I'm like, all right, well, we're here. It's a nice day. Let's at least get some other video. Well, we couldn't really get any rifle video because I had um, had some of the new products on that, and, the, and we couldn't really couldn't really get any content with with rifles. So then I'm like, all right, well, so we'll get pistol content. Well, the only pistol I brought was my staccato. Well, I fixed the just just letting you know I fixed that trigger issue, um, and I put a new trigger in. Which the new trigger didn't fix the trigger issue. I fixed the trigger issue, but then I also bought a new trigger. So I put a new trigger in the staccato. When I was doing that, I had my other staccato out that I was kind of looking at, comparing, making sure I was putting everything together right. So I'll preface by saying that. So I'm shooting my staccato. And for some reason, it won't lock back. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So we start tearing apart on the tailgate. We're looking at everything. I'm, I'm texting a buddy of mine who's, who's a big 1911 staccato guy. And he can't really figure out why it's happening either. Well, we come to figure out when I had the when I had the two staccatos apart, the slide lock mechanism. Um, I had just I had them both sitting next to each other for both staccatos. I had just grabbed one and put it back in. Well, come to find out, the staccato actually custom fits those for each for each gun, and the one I put in. The one that I had there was from the uh, from the other staccato. It wasn't working, so it was not locking back. wasn't It wasn't working right. So couldn't really get any pistol. <laughs> so we're out at the range. I have a camera with no memory cards. I've got a handgun that isn't working right, and I have rifles that I can't get that I can't really get get video of. And uh, we're like we're both pissed off already, just with the whole trace situation. Dusty was telling me that that uh that like the the belt that moves the head of the laser um had broken when he was trying to do it like he was having all kinds of of issues with the laser itself so we were just we were in all sorts of of disarray that day and uh so that night actually i, I think we even came back back to work earlier um we're like, there's no point in us being here at the range. Let's get back to the office and get some work done. So when we got back here, we were kind of just 
going over the day. And I think even that night I was talking to my wife about it and everything. And, um, and you know, you've read extreme ownership as, as well. And that book has really helped me a ton just to kind of solidify what I already believed. But, you know, like when you read a book, there's something to, to reference. Well, in extreme ownership, you, you know, it, it talks about everything that happens, good and bad. Um, but, but the book really, you know, focuses on the bad things that happen. <clears throat> um, there's, it, it, it comes back to you. It comes back to everybody. And so, um, you know, even though I was upset at Dusty, I really had to ask myself, what could I have done to, to fix the situation? And, and the thing was, is it's kind of where I want to, uh, you know, kind of go with this is, is communication. Um, you know, I've lasered hundreds and hundreds of trays. Nate's lasered hundreds and hundreds of trays. Pretty much everybody here has helped laser trays. If if you see the lasers done lasering, grab a new tray, throw it on there, hit the pedal, and keep the laser running. Everybody but Dusty. It's just that's not really in his wheelhouse and in, in his responsibility. So so yeah, Dusty's been around trays for for over a year now, but he's never lasered one before. He's and and to be quite honest, he's probably never even really looked all that closely at the lasering on it. Um, so, on one hand, I did not tell him, give him instructions on where to laser and and what it needs to look like. Look like I just handed him trays and said, "Laser these." So that's on me. And then, you know, he was telling me on his end, he just lasered wherever he thought it looked look good without asking or checking or anything like that so I'm trying to figure out you know like i know everywhere i've worked communication has been an issue um and i feel like i try to do more than anywhere else i've ever worked to help communicate um but the fact is like we'll never like you'll never be able to communicate 100% perfectly and effectively. So, you know, trying to figure out where communication starts and ends, where does personal responsibility start and end, you know, like, I like to just give somebody a task and then I expect the person to ask questions, right? Um, But that's not a great way to communicate. So... That's something I need to work on. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, what's your response or thoughts on it? I don't it? know, man. I'm still learning all of this stuff. Uh, it Ultimately, when that's happened, you know, for us, a good example for us, it's not usually that catastrophic. But, I mean, I have had days like that. And I will tell you that if John and I are out shooting content or something and a day like that happens, I pack up. Like, I'm not willing to... Like that sounds like giving up, but there's like a point where it, when you're creating the content, especially I'm, I'm talking about where like you're trying to talk on camera and stuff where everything's falling apart and you're just not going to get what you need to get. So we end up coming back and doing something else. But a good example is, you know, like the other week, somebody 
like every once in a while we get some extra part-time help depending on what we have going on we have a a group of guys that we can pull into the shop and help us out with like assembling target plates and things like that. So these are guys that are not fully bought into the company. They aren't around the products as much as the core team that we have. Um, You have to watch them like crazy. And, you know, just the other week, they just assembled the mini ADAP plates completely wrong. And that was a similar situation. Now I wasn't wasn't involved in that one, but Ethan was telling me, you know, they they put the like we have the target plate. You put the bolts through the back, then we have washers that space the angles off of the plate so the plate rings well, and then you put the angles and the nuts. All the angles were too close to fit a, a top bracket between, so that was the first issue. So like customers would receive these products and they'd have to immediately loosen up the angles and adjust and then the washers weren't under the angles they were under the nut which makes sense in most applications you know the washer is directly underneath a nut well this is kind of a special circumstance and so ethan that was his thing you know what i mean like he he told me he's like that was my fault i didn't have these guys equipped with the knowledge they needed so he ended up unbolting all of them and rebolting it was like 150 of these mini eight apps. So that's like 300 sets of angles or whatever. Um, we have that stuff happen all the time. And I think you're never going to fully avoid it, but I think that in those situations being level-headed enough to not like immediately flip out on somebody or go crazy is where then you have the time to process, figure out what part of this do I own? And then from there you can decide, okay, like, yeah, it all falls back on our shoulders because we're leading the teams. There is a time and a place that the employee that or the team member has responsibility for their actions, especially especially if good instruction has been given. And part of that extreme ownership is following through with the employees. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In that situation... I'd probably be like you said, I'd take most of the responsibility on my shoulders because I made an assumption that the employee understood what my expectations were. I made that assumption. I was incorrect. And then, um, yeah. And it's hard because sometimes you own stuff that's not yours necessarily, but it is like everything is ours because we are running the business. But sometimes it's very difficult in the moment to figure out what I own from the mistake versus the team, you know, you have to sometimes back up and process. So that's just one of our SOPs is we just, I don't think any of us have ever just gotten infuriated by anything. I mean, we haven't had anything crazy happen here. Um, I mean, I guess if someone's being recklessly dangerous or they take a, two hundred thousand dollar machine and just pile drive it into something and it blows up i mean i'd probably be pretty angry but yeah but there you know an honest mistake is an honest mistake and right yeah and there's definitely a difference with intent if somebody's intentionally being reckless or then that's then that's a whole different thing but you know if it's if it's a screw up and we've all screwed up 
we're all going to screw up. Um, yeah, like I, I, I got angry just because it wasn't a great thing to happen, but, um, but I never took it out on, on this. I never raised my voice or anything. It, it's just, you can always take it out on me <laughs> if you okay. need to. All right, perfect. I'll call <laughs> no, please don't. I'm you. too busy. Don't. <laughs> Greg's going to call me now and be like, hey, I just need to yell at you for a couple minutes. Just sit there quietly. <laughs> no, it, like it's not even, it, it's just like you get angry at the situation, <clears throat> but there's no point in being angry either. Like you've got to, we've got to figure out the solution um, to, to fix it and then learn from it. And the thing that, and I can't remember if if in that book he really talks about I think he you can you can tell me if you remember i I can't remember him really ever talking about giving it it about um making sure that the that the people under you the people working for you also take uh blame and responsibility i, I guess he kind of does but yeah it, it follows through like ultimately yeah, if you have someone in a leadership position part of your job of extreme ownership is instilling in that person extreme ownership so that right. let's say you have a shop manager right and something happens mm-hmm. and they come to you and they're like oh this employee this thing this bad person this whatever they're lazy they're like okay well what are you doing but what right. What are you doing to teach? What are you doing to instill the values? What are you doing to hold them accountable? Because ultimately, then, you know, especially as we scale our businesses up, you and I are not going to have our hand in every single thing that happens. And we still have extreme ownership of it. We still have to own the things that happen. But that might simply be holding our leadership accountable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, he does in the fact that, that everybody, is responsible um and it's just trying to get everybody to to uh to take self-responsibility for uh for issues and that's why you know like i had to i had to i had to man up and apologize for me not not doing what i need to do which was to you know communicate what needed to happen exactly and just assume that that he would and and then you know he apologized for for not asking the question and so yeah i mean it was it, it was a, it was a rough day it seemed like it was one of those days that nothing was going right <clears throat> for any of us perfect and, day uh, for a pizza party <laughs> and uh, well, would, i, I it think would, it would come think, with mold on it <laughs> or something i think we ended the day with uh with a little bit of bourbon just to sat back, kicked our feet up, and just kind of. Can you just pause in that moment for a second and just acknowledge how amazing that is? Oh, it is. It's, that it's you it's, own it's the amazing. business that you can have a quick, quick glass of bourbon. I call the guys in. We we all kick our feet up and sip on some bourbon and and just laugh at the day. I mean that, that that's all you can do. And uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's one of my favorite things because I've never worked at a job where the boss called me in to drink bourbon with him. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was a mess of a day, but we learned from it. Well, we learned that something needs to change. We haven't really figured out, okay, this is what we need to do. Besides just the fact that, that 
you have to ask yourself, you need to take the moment to stop and ask yourself, what do I need to do to communicate and make sure that this, this goes well? And if you're the one doing the job, you need to stop and ask yourself, what don't I know? What assumptions am I making? Right. And, you know, you know, so what questions do I need to ask? Like, those are the things that, that, uh, yeah, those are things that I learned and that I'm thinking about. So I'm trying to figure out our, our, our post first quarter team meeting is going to come up in the next few weeks here. And I'm trying to, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I'm going to go over, which if, uh, if you, the collective you listening um haven't listened to I remember what episode it was i posted the audio from our, our our first team meeting of the year um so i'm gonna try to do those quarterly and just it, it's just a good moment to bring the whole team together and and kind of look at you know the previous quarter and also kind of you know, take a moment to look at what we're expecting for the, the upcoming quarter so all right, I've done a lot of talking. What's what's new with with you over there? Oh man, I don't know. Just uh, just gearing up content. I feel like I beat that horse dead ten times a a, a month here. Ten times a lot of month. horse actually, talk today. Actually, there's a lot of horse. I just said ten times a month. We only podcast like four times a month. So <laughs> if that, it just shows you like my brain is gone. Now where I'm at right now is coming to the realization that I now need to plan extremely far forward. And that is far more difficult than what I realized. Like this entire business journey. Yes. I've done some vision casting and had a vision board and like, what do I want to see from the company and stuff? But when it comes to our marketing, I really haven't ever had the opportunity to say in a year, this is what this is going to look like. This is the kind of content we're going to be pushing. So yeah, it's super weird. It's uh, there's a lot of pressure right now on my shoulders um having two editors essentially on tap that can create amazing content and we have a lot backlogged we haven't released and I can tell you guys that just having these two dudes on board the content that's about to drop is awesome and I'm super proud of them and yeah, it's just very stressful for me now because they're cranking through the edits so fast that I have to have essentially four range days planned just to keep up with what they're doing, let alone get ahead of all this other stuff. And because I'm the face of the company and I'm talking on video and you know, I'm the one articulating the points and we have some basic training videos to help teach new shooters. We've got different gear that we're running, different products that we're about to release. It's just, it's a lot. It is, it's so much to try to keep your finger on it and also try to keep my finger on sales and that department. And I feel like that's where I'm slipping right now is not paying as much attention to our sales team. And for good reason, because, you know, we're onboarding new people and marketing and that requires a lot of focus in that moment. But that's where I feel my struggle beginning, you know, is, is now I have two departments with multiple people. A lot of them are remote in different states. So I don't have 
it's not like we're in an office where they can just pop in for 15 minutes and we have a quick talk and we're good to go. These are, you know, people multiple states over that, yeah, we talk once a week, twice a week, or we have phone calls throughout the week on different topics, but it is, there is an aspect that makes that complex. The other aspect that I will touch on is just, we have this desire to release these new products. So now not only am I busier with the content, I'm also busier with the sales department. And now I'm trying to balance that with product development. So I'm starting to feel some stuff slip and I'm going to have to probably wrap up the couple products that I'm working on right now that are about ready to release and then shelf some of the new products until we get geared up and we're kind of rolling along a little bit at a quicker pace in the marketing department. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of where my brain's at. Uh, you know, the past three months, I've just been cranking through products and that's been pretty much my primary focus. Just what are we going to do? How are we going to diversify? You know, what can TA do in other industries? And we have some pretty cool meetings that are coming up. You know, today we have a cool meeting with a, a big company. Uh, we have some other meetings in a couple different industries. I think I said it on the podcast, the other realization that I'm coming to, like, I don't want TA is not going to just become a random, you know, we take any job, but there's some strategic partnerships that we're forming that are good companies. Like, for example, a lot of companies in the gun industry, they have awesome products, but they don't have great marketing and they don't have great customer service. And that that's not just the gun industry. There's a lot of other industries that are just like that. Because we're building the marketing team the way we are, and because we have uh, whatever, 50,000 square foot facility, we're not even touching capacity of what we can do among our marketing team and our production team. So that begs the question then, are there ways that we can also help other companies in the firearms industry that partner really well with our products, whether that's drop shipping or we sell their product or we manufacture their product? Those are conversations that we've been having as a team. Um, we already have products like that and they're behind closed doors and people don't know about it, but there's things that people use every day and we are part of producing for that. But Again, core mission still still target systems, getting people equipped and trained. But that's where that broader mission of TA to equip people and train people to be better defenders. The question that I've been raising for the team and we've been talking about with ownership is in what ways does that branch out just from steel targets? And that's the big question. Um, but all the product, you know, a lot of the products we have coming out are steel target related, obviously. And I'm super, super excited about the one that's going to drop this month. Um, oh, the other thing I could talk about is I bought my, for the first time over 100,000 rounds of ammo. And sweet, that was phenomenal. I got a picture of me squatting on it with my rifle, <laughs> doing the slob squat or whatever they call it. I just needed a rebox and a jumpsuit or something. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have been so much better because it was it had all Russian writing on the skid and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a unique situation. So the uh, yeah, the way we amazing. Um, 
the support we've received from that is is pretty cool. So we did something that I'll put it this way. I kind of made a mistake the first time I really released the ammo and it wasn't really a mistake, but we put together packages with steel targets. I dropped a newsletter out where I had the ammo marked up a little bit, you know, like it was super expensive for us. That's the most I've ever spent on one item that I'm planning on selling. I've never dropped that kind of money on ammo. Um, I know some people thought we got it for like 40, 50, 60 cents around, and it's just not the case. It, it was so expensive. Um, we talked as a team after I dropped that newsletter and I, I just told the team, I was like, it's really weighing on me that because we have packages with steel targets, I want to sell the ammo for less than what we paid for. And that seems really stupid, but it's really not because we have really good margins on the products we picked for the packages. They're some of our most popular products. And that allows people to get the ammo in the package and the targets are on sale in the package. So it's not just like I packaged ammo with these targets and you're paying full price for the target and you're getting ammo at a reduced rate. You're getting the reduced rate across the board. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback from that. And a lot of people, I mean, we sold through over half of the ammunition just in like a day and a half. Um, and now the rest of the ammo, I'm really just leaving set. We had a little bit released in just the ammo pack. Like you could buy 500 rounds of 5.56. But now I'm kind of letting that end sell out and just focusing strictly on the packages. Because that was my goal is like between packages and ammo, if I could sell the packages with the ammo and sell through one skid, then I've at least pretty much paid for the second skid. And I'm okay just taking my time, putting the marketing in, talking, you know, explaining the why behind what we're doing. Um, there's not like a mad rush to like, I don't, I'm not going to say numbers. I don't think people really realize how much we stuck our neck out to get that ammo. Yeah. But we really, I'll, truly I'll back stuck. up on that. I know the numbers and yeah, you, you definitely took a leap. It was, it was like. Yeah, it was so much money. I I literally had heartburn <laughs> watching our bank account go boop and yeah. it disappeared. I'm like, holy crap, like that's so much money. That is literally like someone's salary. And we just poof, sent it to the ammo. And it wasn't a reckless, like, again, this was very calculated. It's not a spur of the moment thing. We've been working on this kind of stuff for months. Our team knew that eventually this would line up. It did. So yeah, there was a lot of planning. It's not like all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're just going to spend tons of money on ammo. But yeah, we got a lot of a lot of good feedback from that. Um, and that really wasn't, I, I did have some people reach out and they're like, oh, that was just some weird marketing push. And there is an aspect that, yeah, our targets need ammo. Sure. Like, yeah. of course, our targets need ammunition. But I could have just dropped it on the site for 85 cents around like everybody else and said whatever we're going to make tons of money on the ammo but i just like when people because i've had similar comments i like when people point out marketing things like it's a bad thing like oh you're just doing that for marketing well duh. yeah that's <laughs> that's what a company does <laughs> and so nope you're right that's a, that's a marketing thing we're doing this to to it turns out you need to make money to yeah, it turns out pay your people that 
companies do things to make money. Yep. You really, you cracked the, cracked the code on that one, buddy. Great job. <laughs> yeah. And I think for the most part, like 99% of people that left me a comment or shot me an email or something after putting their order in understood what our goal was. And of course, I want people to buy our targets because they're going to last forever. You're going to get targets that last forever and you're just going to use them. It's a return on investment that you're just not going to match with much many other products in the target world. But um, the ammo gives people the fuel to use our product. And that's the reality of it is our targets need ammunition. So if I can create a flow of ammunition that's reasonably priced and i i know it's still expensive it's still outrageous but then people can instead of hoarding ammo like how many people have thousands and thousands of rounds we just we know that for a fact we've pulled our our following for the last year off and on and at minimum our average follower that's answering these questions has 1500 rounds per caliber that's what they're telling us I was blown away by the percentage of our followers that have over 4,000 rounds per caliber. And when you pull those same people and ask, are you training? Most of them now are saying not regularly. And so it's, that's also what's causing us to create the new series budgeting ammo, which is dropping shortly. It's like a seven part series that we've been working on, um, which you guys should check out. Cause we're going to have some pretty cool guests that are going to help people take their idea of protecting themselves, create, you know, come up with what does that look like? What am I, what do I own guns for? That's the first question. Then what guns do I own? Okay, cool. What am I preparing for? How do I prepare for it? And then how do I track my growth? And the reason we want to do that is because these ammo situations are ridiculous and we all just start hoarding crap and then we stop shooting. And if we, if we do that, we're losing skills. Like we all know that if you go six months without shooting, the next time you go on the range, you're going to probably suck unless you've done a ton of dry fire. Um, like, and I mean, religious dry fire. That's like every day for 10 minutes, you're drawing your pistol and you're, you're doing some sort of focused drill. It's all diminishing. And so, yes, the person that reached out and said, Oh, this is just marketing. Absolutely. It's partially marketing because I need to sell our products to feed our team and, and pay salaries. And of course, of course, we're trying to show people these products and get you to buy them because we believe in the product and we believe in the mission. But at the same time, it's free information that I don't care if somebody uses a competitor's steel target. Right. It doesn't matter. The larger mission is equip people. And we're hoping that the knowledge that we give from like the guests that are going to be on this series and the information we put out gives you enough value that you want to come back to us to buy the product because we're going to show you how to use it. But if all you have is paper targets and you shoot a competitor steel target, whatever, you can watch the videos, learn some stuff and your community is going to be better for it. But that's like the stuff that's running through my head right now is like our products are awesome and they, they help people. What else can TA be doing? And that's kind of my, I don't know. That's where I'm at. And my yeah. brain just feels like a tornado <laughs> right now. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, we're I'm hoping to secure 
a significant amount of ammo to do something similar yet different. Um, and I'm really excited to to do it if I can get it. Yeah, it's it, it. You know, I think I think companies like ours should be trying to figure out solutions to the crisis that pops up. You know what I mean? The hard part is it's again it is ignorantly expensive. And a good example is like I have I know people that have millions of dollars in ammo that's sitting overseas and they haven't been able to get it since last year millions of dollars of ammunition like it's just sitting there and like it's just so weird i don't know i'm gonna hold myself accountable before the next election that as we gear up the year before and and they start campaigning we're going to be pushing content that is going to be speaking to all of this and reminding people of what went down because every four years, it just doesn't seem to matter. This stuff happens. Now, this is an extended, crazy ammo scare, but you know, I feel like our businesses in this industry are partially responsible. Let's go back to extreme ownership of, of trying to give solutions to people um, or at least helping them figure out what do you do in times like this yeah for sure well i had a bunch more stuff i was gonna get into but you said we needed a hard start hard stop at the time in which it is we need to wrap up here yep yeah we'll wrap it up and uh, if you write it down shoot me a text we'll talk about it we'll talk about it next time awesome well thank you guys for listening in to this episode of Forging the Journey. Forging the Journey. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so pull that little snippet and we'll just like every every episode will be like boom, boom, boom. So Forging I need to get, like, the Journey. Yes, it, I mean, I got the idea or the, the, I'll put some epic music to it. We just need the voiceover like that, uh, you know, for each episode. Perfect. I like it. I like it. Every once in a while, I can dig deep in my soul and just let it loose, but it's yeah. not often. So you, you got one taste there. Well, we're going to have to do it again when we, act, we can actually put it all together. So Awesome. We'll let you work on that. But uh, <laughs> it, if you guys, if, if you can uh, if you can share this podcast with one other person that might appreciate it, it would be awesome. Leave us a five-star review and comment or leave a review. Would be can awesome. you do that? Yeah, I think you do stuff. Do stuff. Do that's stuff. We're closing it because that's how people find this, and that's how people. Uh, yeah, if you don't do that, people can't find us, and we want people to find us. Goal for the week: do stuff. So do get stuff. out there, do stuff. Have do great stuff. Week. Yep. See you guys.